I had a Belgian partner, a Dutch company, he'd come late, and uh, <clears throat> when he'd come to the meeting, he'd always say, good afternoon, even if it was in the morning. And that was his way of saying, I'm late, but fuck you, you know, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't really care. <clears throat> and he was mostly late because his pilot for his private plane would never, either his, private, his pilot was an idiot, but he would never schedule properly to fly, to, to land. So uh, instead of landing at Steeple, I guess is the main airport in Amsterdam. Is it Steeple? Yeah, there's another airport there, and he'd have to <coughs> land there and then drive. So he was always late. So I said, then why don't you just fire the guy? What do you think the reason was? And it's not, he's not sleeping, it's not a girl or anything like that. So why do you think he, he didn't fire the guy? His brother? Correct! <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, it's his brother. But today I remember to bring my mom, my mother. Normally I bring her, it's part of her ashes. I bring her. But I, I forgot the last couple days. I put them over here because, you know, you probably need some spiritual help. Um, <clears throat> but, uh... <clears throat> The, uh, she, she keeps me straight there, uh, and uh, because of the guilt I have, because I wasn't so nice to my mom the last few hours that she was alive. As I, as I told you, Mom, you're not sick. You're not sick. God damn it, you're not gonna die. Was I wrong? And she passed away. She used to live in the cottage right down here, uh, you know, the first cottage on the estate. She didn't want to live in the castle. I don't know why, but anyway. Um, the, um, I, uh, this morning, I got up early because I had a lot of stuff to do. And so uh, as I'm leaving the bedroom, Sally says, I, I, guess I want to tell you something. So I sat down on the edge of the bed and I'm talking to her and I'm dressed like this. And then she says, why are you wearing that suit? And I watch. She says, don't you see the stain on it? And it's dark because I keep the lights off so I don't wake her up. So I said, no. So I go over to the window and I have this big fucking stain. I don't know how it got there or what it was. <clears throat> so then I got to change again. And then, so then, anyway, I didn't get all the work done that I want to do this morning. Man plans, Buddha, Allah, laughs. Okay. Um, I was going to um, your paperwork that you fill out before you get here uh, uh, this morning. That's what I wanted to review. Because what I do <clears throat> every other day, at least, sometimes every day, is I review all the stuff you filled out. So I can think of anecdotes, stories, new things that I can relate to each and every one of you. Uh, and uh, the, um, from, uh, you know, the, like a couple of you, you know, in your paperwork, you, you sound angry. You don't say that I'm angry. You don't say life isn't fair. But the way you answer the questions after doing <coughs> 21 years and having hundreds and hundreds of people through the Castle Seminar and many tens of thousands through the, uh, the big seminars I used to give, uh, you know, you're, you're pissed off. Uh, and, um, and, and normally by this time, this is the beginning of the third day, <clears throat> not counting the introduction uh, evening, the, um, you figured out, you sussed out. Does everybody understand what sus means? You figured out. You figured out, you know, you're smarter than everybody else in the room, or you're as, at least one of the two smartest guys in the room, or maybe you're not as smart as, uh, some of the other guys in the room. Some of you have already told me because of your lack of uh, um, business acumen, uh, because you're not financially uh, oriented, uh, some of the <coughs> jargon, some of the language that I use uh, is foreign to you. 
it's just as uh, just as foreign as if I was speaking Greek. Uh, and uh, some of you, of course, this English isn't your first language, and so you have trouble translating words, uh, or that's the excuses you use, the, the trouble translating. Uh, and then some of you have been following my stuff for years and years and years, uh, and finally you got the balls, the grit to come here, um, and you always blame it on money. Uh, but the irony is, and I mentioned it yesterday, <clears throat> So, since I instituted the PPP, Penny Payment Plan, in 2009-ish, because of the financial crisis, um, the, um, we don't have different kind of people coming. We don't. We have maybe 20% more, but not different. They got the same problems, whether you're making payments to me or you're paying me 100% cash. The ones that have, and then... That's a group. And then another group, since I started the student program, which they have students pay, and we only have one in here, one student, pay significantly less than you guys pay. Uh, their problems are almost always the same, the students. Why do you think that? Why do you think the students, the kids? And by the way, I put in my newsletter, if you're 45 years old and you're taking a graduate course at some university, that doesn't make you a student. We, get, we have people all the time applying like that. I'm 47 years old. I'm taking a, a course towards my uh, master's in psychology. Or no, they, they try to get in the student program. And then you, we have these questionnaires. We send them. And then when you drill down, they're 47 years old. They're taking one course, and they try to get in the student <laughs> program because the tuition or whatever is significantly less for students. But why do you think all the student problems or challenges, or not problems, uh, yeah, problems and or challenges sound the same? Experience, same level of experience. Yeah. It's almost always. I mean, uh, Hosea, who's young enough to be a student, he's been out in the real world a few years, so I mean, he he understands, or he and his unidentical twin, the anorexic Mark, think they understand, but they do. They got a pretty good knowledge, especially for their age. They got a, a good knowledge for their age. <clears throat> and that's, that's probably, not probably, but that's why they've accomplished quite a bit for their age. But it's lack of experience. But the kids aren't afraid to tell you they don't know. <clears throat> they may be afraid to tell you in a group. Uh, but one-on-one, -on -one, I don't get it. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. They don't say it that way because they normally don't use bad words like I do. Um, but see, in that sense, when I talk about the little kids, how they believe in Santa Claus, and they tell you what they think, and you know, there used to be a program on TV, kids say the darndest things, a long time ago. And they'd have three, four, five, six-year-olds who would just say outrageous shit. And, uh, but it was true. Everything they said was true. You know, it's very, you know, when you're three, four years old, I mean, you haven't learned to lie, cheat, steal, do all the things. You haven't been fucked over, you know. Uh, you still think they're Santa Claus. Now, I'm going to tell, I don't think I said this on YouTube yesterday. <clears throat> but there's actually three things, major things, and three minor things that my parents did differently when they raised me. You know, that's the way I am. Number one, my mother never told me no. She read a book by Dr. Spock in 1946. It's Don't Tell Your Kid No because it sets, in, sets a bad uh, foundation. Number two, she never let me crawl. I she carried me until I could walk because she didn't want me to get dirty on the floor because dirty babies were poor babies and she didn't want the people to think we were poor. But what was the third thing? That's it. Uh, the food in Santa. Mm. 
golf, dancing, and... Uh, oh, well, no, that's she secondary. Didn't, she didn't tell you uh, about Santa. Santa. Yeah. I believe in Santa Claus. We went around the room, and I asked, well, how long did you believe in Santa Claus, the tooth fairy, blah, 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 blah. One person never believed. Two. Two never believed. And then three, four, five, everybody knew that there wasn't any Santa Claus. I was 10 or 11 and still believe in Santa Claus. That's a huge difference. I took a lot of shit at school for that. Fortunately, I was a big kid, and grammar school, I was the biggest kid in school. And then everybody caught up. <clears throat> but uh, that was another thing. They never, they never told me that there wasn't a Santa Claus. And, uh, and I still dream. I have bodacious dreams. I mean. When I, when I dreamt of being here at Guthrie Castle, now I didn't know it was Guthrie Castle at the time, uh, a major estate on an island with a moat and servants and governesses and tennis courts and gymnasiums and all this stuff that I have today, people thought I was fucking insane. In fact, they, you know, my, my family didn't want to talk about it because it was so outrageous. I got a cousin who's a plumber. I got another cousin who's a welder. I got, a, you know, just working guys, good guys. <clears throat> but <clears throat> their dream was to go to Las Vegas for a three-day weekend, maybe in three years. And I don't know, I know, not telling me no as a kid had a major impact on me. I don't know about not walking, not crawling, I don't know if that had a major impact on me, I don't know. But believing in Santa Claus till I was 10 or 11 years old, uh, I believe had a major impact. And so when I was reading through your materials this morning, <clears throat> again refreshing my mind, uh, the, uh, so I could make stories, not make stories up, but give stories that relate to you as individuals. I thought of the, the Belgium guy uh, who wouldn't fire his pilot because it was his brother. But some of you have been in situations where you're in business or know people that are in business with your relatives. Correct? And hardly any of them ever get fired. Or best friends. Or you went to school with them. Etc, etc. And that's why this seminar has such a high rate of separation, if you will, divorce, if you will. And I stopped counting at 50%. Uh, a couple years ago we did some quick calculations and it was over 60%. Now, they don't get divorced right at the seminar. Although we've had that too. I told you, laughingly, I think it's a, it's a yuck. We only have one married couple here, and we have no business partners here. That's why I was hoping that Mark would have been here with you, you know, so I could have pressed some buttons to see what I could get, get out of you guys. <clears throat> His business partner came the last seminar. Um, but within a week or two weeks or a month or six months. Just the seed. Correct. You, drop, the seed. you plant the seed, and uh, it happens. And the reason, and that's not because I'm trying to be diabolical for the audience, that has nothing to do with that. But many of us are in business relationships and personal relationships for all the wrong reasons. All the wrong reasons. And one of the questions that I asked, uh, you answered yesterday, that I asked the day before, is what your defining moment was in your life. Uh, and a couple of people said coming here was a defining moment. Uh, uh, and a couple of you mentioned divorces that you've been through. Um, and the, uh, uh, because, you know, divorce is a painful, having experienced it myself, 
from a guy that thought he was happily married for 30 years, uh, in a 30-year relationship, married, having renewed my vows, I've been, I think we were married three or four times, uh, to, you know, wake up and find out that my wife wanted a divorce was pretty fucking shocking to me. Uh, and the, uh, it's still pretty fucking shocking to me. I still, I think about it, you know, and then you say, you say well, what could I have done differently? You know, because the, the, the ones that suffered the most in, in my divorce were my kids, and my kids were big. So I can't imagine how it is when your kids are little. It must be a motherfucker. It must be really tough. And the guilt that goes through the mother and the father uh, must be just horrific. It must just be horrific. I'm glad I, you know, and uh, my days of having kids, like my daughter says, I'm the last, I'm not only your only daughter, I'm the last child you're ever going to have. Uh, well, I got clipped. And so uh, the, uh, shortly after her birth, many, many years ago, uh, everybody know clipped vasectomy. Um, uh, yeah, vasectomy. Yeah, yeah, and I had the kind of vasectomy where they don't just cut it so you can be renewed, re renewed, or restored. Mm -hmm. They ripped out seven or eight inches on each side, so I can never fucking be restored. <laughs> never. I mean, God Himself, Allah, couldn't fix mine up because I know guys. There's no fool like an old fool. I know guys that have been snipped and then find some young thing they fall in love with and they want to have a second or third family and they get fixed. Well, I didn't want that ever to happen. I didn't even want that, that thought process to go, you know, be possible. So I am damaged. Not that that ain't ever going to happen to me. Never happened. But uh, the... Uh, I remember uh, a partner at KPMG came to me years ago. Uh, he was the first. I was the first guy he told he was getting a divorce, and I was the first guy he told that he was remarrying. And he had been cut, and he says, "But I'm ha I'm having the operation so I can have more kids." Now he was at that time about 50, and this girl was about know, early 20s, maybe something like that. And and I told him that I thought that he was a fucking idiot, uh, but I was happy for him. But I still think you're a fucking idiot, you know, live with her, play, but you don't need kids at 50. Because I said, when, you're, when she, the kid's 20, you're going to be in your early 70s. And raising kids in your early 70s, although I'm almost there now, and I can't imagine raising little kids when, at my age now, it can't be easy. It's, it's not easy any time, <laughs> let alone when you're that old. And some of these other guys, I mean, had kids uh, into their 70s and 80s. Some of the, you know, I don't know how um, Murdoch was probably in his late middle late 60s when he had his kids, and now he's divorced uh, from a Chinese woman. Uh, I can't think of her name now. Um, but uh, anyway, so I, lo I looked at your stuff, and we're gonna uh, I change I'm gonna change some stuff around, um, and I'm gonna uh, change some slides around so we can hit some of the, uh, the high points. Because in this group, we have people that are not only in business for themselves, we have people that are in business, work for other people, major corporations. And uh, normally, major corporations don't like to send their people here because then they leave. They leave. They don't always leave because, you know, Klaus Kleinfeld, my uh, uh, superstar, uh, I mean, he used it to rise up the ranks and become, you know, um, CEO of... Um, 
Siemens, and he's currently CEO and chairman of Alcoa. Um, but normally the fear is so great, they don't. But uh, one of you said yesterday that, you know, they, you had one or two people that you, uh, you thought about bringing, but you didn't want to bring because you don't want them to leave. If that's the case, they're going to leave anyway. But if they don't leave, when everybody is pulling the oars in the same direction, uh, and that's why the, the one example I gave you where they bought the whole company and we were a Fortune or Inc. 500 company the very next year uh, because everybody was on board and everybody understood. Because as smart as some of you are or you think you are, you can't relate what you've learned here back even close to verbatim. And it's different than listening to the tapes, being here, and listening to me. It just is. It's not the same. Although a lot of people have been very successful not coming to the castle and not ever coming to a seminar, just using the material. I mean, what the, the, the difference between, you can do it just with a book. You don't need anything else. That's the truth. But the difference between the book and the seminar is three to five years. Three to five, shorter. The difference between the book, the difference between the seminar the regular seminar that I used to give in this seminar is one to three years. Shorter. And especially now because of the one-year mentor program and the, um, uh, the weekly reports, because you know very, very quickly whether you're on point. You may think you're off point, but when I say I just uh, pounded out some answers and Sally says, you can always tell uh, when I'm uh, uh, answering these weekly reports in not a good way because I hit the keys harder. I don't notice that myself, but you know, I use big red font for those of you who got emails from me, but I hit the keys harder. Now, when I first started um, uh, doing emails, I got online April 1st, April Fool's <coughs> Day, 9th, 2000. That was the first time I ever tried to use a computer, okay? But my fingers were black and blue, my fingertips because I never really learned to type, and I still only type like this, but I mean, my, my fingertips. So when she, she says, you, you know, I was pounding out some answers to some of my uh, mentees that had done some bullshit. Uh, the, uh, I don't like when you cut and paste your weekly reports. You think I'm an idiot? Do you think I don't fucking read them? The same thing, you know? And so I said, Are, do you think I'm a fucking idiot? You're the fucking idiot. I said, because you're just cutting and pasting your weekly reports. Now, Robert has, you know, it, it has pretty in-depth. You got my answers to your report. Yep. Okay. I didn't read your response yet. Um, the, um, because I really do read them. And I do make adjustments. The thing that some of you will feel uncomfortable, like Mark did, if I don't think you're doing anything wrong, I just say, keep pushing, okay. I don't say what he needs is smoke blowing up his mask. Oh, that's a brilliant fucking idea. Nee, nee, nee. Uh, that's really great. I wish I had thought of that. Nee, nee, nee. I don't do that. I don't do that. So if you're expecting those kind of comments and feedback, you, you, you don't send the weekly reports because that's not what I do. I only, I, uh, I manage by exception. That means if you're out of line, if you're off the road, and I give you a wide road, a wide berth. There's maybe 10 lanes on the freeway to success. As long as you're in one of them, that's okay. 
But if you're not on one of those 10 lanes up the hill, over the speed bumps and all those things that I showed you, fear, guilt, parents, etc., then I smack you and I get you back. And I don't try to get you back to the center of the highway. I just get you back on the highway. Because after doing this for many hundreds of times, <coughs> I know what works and what doesn't work. Any questions? By the way, how was uh, dinner last night? Pretty damn good. Yeah, the food is good there. I know it is. Did the little short fat owner woman come out? She fucked up. She fucked up? Yeah, the penguin. She wouldn't let me out. Someone didn't pay. You could have gone. Yeah, well, she wouldn't give you a change until she kind of kept handing the money like 10 times and like someone hasn't paid. How did you vote? Maria isn't the owner, is she? Yeah, the little short fat broad, the, the dumpy one with the pot belly? Yeah. That's her. Okay, her husband and her son are the two chefs. The son was the chef of the year in the UK of three out of seven years or something like that. And um, yeah, so what do you mean you do that? Everyone paid by credit card and yeah. cash. And I don't think she's ever had so many transactions in one, one year. Well, was there anybody else in the restaurant? No. no. Now see, to me, where I come from, when I'm the only fucker in the restaurant, something ain't right. It's normally closed on a Monday. They opened okay. for us. Oh, okay, I take it back. Okay, okay, shorty, not you, but her. Okay, but when, even when I go not on a Monday, there's very few people. Sometimes I've been there many times when it's just empty. Now, for Scotland, that's expensive, that restaurant. And so the mean, tight, bastard Scott farmers up here, I mean, separating, you know, uh, you know how um, copper wire was um, was invented between a Scotsman and, and a Dutchman fighting over a penny, a copper penny. Okay, <laughs> I mean they are tight here. So, um, but you you, fi you finally paid and you finally let you out, or you never paid. Oh no, she's gonna call the castle today probably. Find out who didn't pay. <laughs> oh, uh, okay. Well, <laughs> anyways, but the food's good there, Norman. <laughs> Did you have the what, five course, four course, four set course, meal? Or three, three. Four course, a full course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the set, the set meal? Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, the restaurant right next door, the pub, it's closed now, used to be owned by the ex-wife of my former general manager here, a guy named Paul. Good guy. Former Marine guy. And uh, the guys used to go from there into the pub uh, you know, to do some drinking, but now the pub's closed. Uh, so um, you, you look wide-eyed, bushy-tailed. So I assume, I assume the pub's closed. So they, they don't go there. Uh, but uh, and they used to uh, shoot pool, snooker, and drink. Okay, dinner was good. Any questions from last night? Any questions from anything else? Okay. Um,